What the hell has Mellencamp ever done to you, man? I'm sure he's a lovely person. <clears throat> Living out in his small town. It is, uh, what is this today? January 9th. Tuesday? Yeah, January 9th, uh, day after Elvis and David Bowie's birthday. We're talking Mellencamp, though. (laughs) Right, we are talking, yeah. Uh, Anyway, uh, it is uh, On Taking Pictures, episode 298. Um, It is uh, your, your, your weekly... Uh, blast of photography goodness. What's up, everyone? Don't forget to what is it? Don't forget to smash that subscribe button. <laughs> <laughs> Do we need a subscribe button first? Uh, well, you know, wherever you subscribe, sure. Sma- smash that 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 overcast download button or that downcast download button or the Stitcher switcher button. Wherever you wherever. Wherever fine podcasts are sold. I got, I got to give it to Marco. Overcast is a pretty good app. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. Um, I still use uh, Downcast on my phone. Okay. Classic. Um, yeah. Uh, just because I've used it forever. Sure. Um, and I fear change. I think uh, my, my lovely wife still uses Downcast. <clears throat> um, so, yeah. Uh, it is Tuesday. It's, it's cold still. Um, we had a we had a little we usually we usually record earlier, but we had a little delay because the schools are. Uh, what was it due to weather? The, did you find out? Yeah, it's uh, apparently they are concerned about because it is still below freezing outside, so they're okay. concerned about uh, black ice on the roads. <laughs> um, which uh, there was a little bit of of iciness on our street. Um, you know, in like Rockford around a corner or anything, but sure. sadly, because um, that would have been kind of cool, like. Jeffrey drifting. Right. Like all <laughs> handbrake, you know, just. Um, but that didn't happen. Uh, <laughs> Jeffrey drifting. Uh, yeah. Anyway. So uh, welcome to the show. Hey, uh, r- real quick. Thank yep. you for uh, for to, to, to those of you who have bought the book. It has been selling super well. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for those of you who have purchased uh, if you have purchased and you dig it, let me know what you think. Um, use the the contact form on the website, or share it with a friend, or you know, uh, post the, about it on your. On Bill Wadman over uh, here raising my hand. I, yeah, I'd like to, com- on, I'd like to your... comment on the air. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> I got go my ahead. book. I got my copy last night, and uh, yeah. bravo, my friend! It is excellent. Oh, thanks, man. Uh, in fact, I, I've been flipping through it because I, I got it late last night, and uh, yeah. uh, I. I have yet to stump the book as it were, you know, for a topic that's not in there that I thought should be in. There. Oh, thanks. Thank so, you. Uh, good, good job. Uh, Go I, get a I, that means a lot. That means a lot. Thank you. So, yeah, I, I um, plan to tweet about it later. I just didn't get around to it this morning. Yeah. Thanks though for, for everyone who's ordered. It is a little delayed in getting out and, and I apologize. The East coast has been getting hammered with weather. So it, it may be a, a, a day or two behind what it, what it normally would be. Um, but uh, yeah, thank you. Um, so we were having a discussion about, about Apple <laughs> stuff because you're, you're considering maybe changing, changing up a couple pieces in the kit. Yeah. This uh, isn't, this isn't like a, a huge discussion. It actually started because I was thinking about getting rid of some, I'm annoyed by the wires on my desk and that got me thinking about wireless stuff. And that got me thinking right. about, you know, I was thinking about trading in my 13 inch MacBook pro, which I only use when I travel really for, like sell it and go buy 
you know, one of the newer iPad Pros with a pencil because maybe that would be a good portfolio on top of maybe being just a fine travel thing. You know what I mean? Yep. Uh, so, so that's that's where we were at. Just a quick yep. summary. Yep. I so think it's we- a good idea. I mean, I, you know, to, to continue that, I there are a couple people. Freddie Clark is a, is among them, and and uh, I talked to somebody else about it. I don't remember who it was, but they were they were also considering the iPad Pro route. Now, you might know the answer to this. Lightroom on mobile. Yeah. Are you editing? You're doing like the smart preview thing. So you're editing low res kind of proxies of the full image in your I, library. Is that the way it works? I think, well, you know, in, in, in the current, the uh, current, in the last version of Lightroom mobile, which was before that became the new Lightroom on desktop. Does that make sense? You know what right, I mean? Right, right, right. Okay. So I did use that a few times last year, editing raw files from my 645Z on my iPhone 6S. Like so it, it just shoots over a, a, a JPEG preview. You do no, all of your... It pulled in the raw files. Oh, really? Yeah. I, and I mean, it took... So it was actually... I think it makes a proxy that is what you see when you're changing settings. But then right. when you say export this to the camera uh, uh, feed or whatever it's called, what's it called? Uh, you know, ex- export this to my pictures on the phone. Right. That's a, that goes, this could take a little time and just, you know, for 30 huh. seconds or so. I mean, if, it, if it's thing. all metadata, wouldn't you think that that should be <clears throat> applicable or maybe it is. And we're just, we just don't know how to do it. Yeah. Applicable on a, on a low res kind of stand in image. So you're well, not transferring 50 megapixel images across. Right. Well, the, I guess the idea was if I want <clears throat> the full res out of that raw file, eventually, even if it's working on a proxy showing me when it actually wants to output the thing, it's got to take the original data and do all those trans- transformations to it and output the JPEG. You know what I mean? So it's right. doing it's doing it as fast as it can when it can do it fast, but it was not super speedy. But then again, my phone is three years old now. You know, it's not like right, the, right. the newest thing. So if if you went to the work. iPad thing, it, you would have to be, I mean, cellular, that would be s- stupid slow. So yeah, you'd have I to be on a Wi-Fi network to, to get those images over onto the device. Okay, well, see that, okay, therein lies the thing. Now, when I use it when I'm traveling, it's when I have my camera traveling. It's not that I have have the pictures up on the cloud and I'm working on them from the cloud. It's I have my camera with an SD card. I have my iPad. How do I get these things onto the iPad? Now, they make one of those, you know, the light lightning to SD Yeah, card the little reader, camera right? connection right. kit thing. Yeah, which, sure. Which I have one of, which I guess could work, but it's still this. And this is the real problem. As it works right now, I use my MacBook pro i import everything over with an sd card i work on it in capture one or whatever then when i get home i stick in a a usb drive i copy everything over and i sort of sneaker net it over to my desktop you know what i mean with all my stuff how do you do that with the ipad right now you're you're integrating ios or the icloud functionality into it somehow right and it's like ugh. and then and then I'm, I'm playing with whether i'm playing with the uh, affinity raw stuff or lightroom on the thing like lightroom's not my preferred raw conversion with this camera in, in my current workflow so right it, it does it's sort of a it, it's a little bit of a triage thing like i i lose flexibility and i don't like the idea that i can't have another dr- the other thing i do is while i'm traveling i'll copy them onto the laptop and then I'll copy them onto USB drive. So I have another copy, you know, there's things like that, that they still haven't quite figured out right in, in, uh, uh, in iOS, which I'm assuming they want you to do things like stick it all up on the cloud or whatever it is. But you know, if I export 
if I take a bunch of pictures and I've got 40 gigabytes of raw files, I'm like, I'm not going to upload those on my right, right. mom's Wi-Fi. You know what I mean? So you, you would think that there's a, there would be a way to, again, since this is all metadata, you would think that there would be a way to pull over a JPEG, a low res JPEG preview, let yeah. you do your editing and then apply that, like apply that metadata across to the raw file and then spit you back a JPEG of the result well, rather that, than having ex- to bring. Well, that's exactly you know. what, that's exactly what, um, Lightroom does, except that it brings in the raw file initially. And then I think it makes a proxy. You work on the proxy. And then when you actually finally do the export, it goes back to the original raw data. Either way, you got to go back to the raw data on the card or, or on the cloud or wherever else it is. Right. I mean, where it, where it well, originally exists. Right. My issue is just with how you get those images I guess I come home and I just import them back off the SD card again and kind of start over again. You know, like huh. I don't like I don't like that idea. Yeah. Um, so, you know, there's there's lots of ways. It's like, yeah, I could do this, but is this actually an improvement over how I'm doing it now? Now, right, right. The problem is, is that you know we've discussed this before, so we don't go too deeply into it. But you know, the world is changing. <laughs> Companies like Apple are spending a lot more time on iOS than they're spending on the Mac. If if in six months I buy a 5K iMac and it lasts me five years, that might be the last Macintosh that I buy because five years from now, the Mac could be deprecated and now we're all working on big iOS devices or whatever, right? Like I don't I don't want that future necessarily, but if that's the way the world's going, like you know you got to adapt. Right, right. They they may be moving towards some long term goal of merging the two OSs. I mean they're on the right, same core. Right, right, right. right? But, but Re- you get my point. But yeah, but yeah. they don't. You know they're they're obviously spending a lot more time on one because frankly it makes them more money. I get I get that. You know. Right. And there's arguments for safety and all the rest of it, but then <laughs> there's arguments for the flexibility. You know, you get on a on a on a more standard traditional computer. Um. So it is this it is this place where it's like, yeah, it could be done, but I don't know that it's the right answer for me, right? Um, I'd like to hear if anybody out there actually does use their iPad for um, importing stuff off their camera, whether via Wi-Fi or SD card, and then somehow transferring that to a desktop later. Like, I'd love to hear what your workflow is because right. it feels kludgy and daunting to me. Like, it feels right. like more of a pain in the ass than my Mac would be, and that's the case. I'll just stick with the Mac, you know, um, at least for the time being. I don't know. You got any further thoughts on that? I just, it's just kind of been clicking around my mind. No, I think, you know, um, it, it's something I would, I would love to, to hear more about as well. Yeah. I've um, also, I've also owned three iPads and I've sold all of them cause I found that I didn't really use them. Like I don't, I don't sit around and browse the web on my iPad. Like I'll use my phone or I'll use the real computer. Um, it's weird. Like the iPad just, the form factor doesn't speak to me. Like it doesn't instantly make me want to pick it up. Hmm. So that's See, the I, I, I love iOS. I, I, I have, I have grown to really dig the way things work in it. Yeah. Well, that's uh, like, I'm fine on the phone. I just, the, the pad itself doesn't, it's like the bigger thing somehow is more awkward for me, you know, like yeah. typing on the keyboard, I make more errors and you know, it's just that kind of thing. Um, I, I wish that they would come up with a way. Um, Sylvia's got one of the new, Kindles, the new paper white Kindles. Sure. And the, the surface of the thing is beautiful. Like it, it, it's not, it's almost like, um, it's almost like a sheet of vellum. Yeah, sure. Yeah. And I it's wish like frosted that, plexi kind of. 
Yeah, it's but it's 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 subtle. It doesn't feel as as toothy. Right. And I wish that that somehow either a skin or or you know Apple proper would figure out a way to make these devices n- not so glossy, glassy. Right, 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 right. You right, know, right. like give it some almost like the anti-reflective coating on a monitor screen, yeah, where it's just sure. got a little bit of a of a not a pebble finish, but just a little knockdown of that of that high gloss finish um it makes for an, a more interesting writing surface as well yeah i agree yeah it's um so anyway just something to put out there um hey before we i i know we have some other actually you know what let's uh, um yeah let me throw this in here um so yeah. last night i ended up uh judging a competition for the park west photo or park west camera club it's called and um you know, I go in there and I've talked about this before every year or so they ask me to come in and they show me 30 prints and, you know, I comment on them and grade them. And then I grade the higher end ones and kind of choose one to be the one stand out of the of the month or whatever. Right. Um, and they did bring different people in and I enjoy doing it once a year. And it's actually very kind of exhausting because for two hours you're just staring at things and having to talk. Um, but anyway, one of the pictures uh, was this beautiful architectural photo shot on the high line of one of the buildings along the high line. And um, it made it, I gave it an A and all the pictures that are given an A, they go through at the end of the night and people stand up. Whoever took them stands up and go, oh, I took that so and so and, you know, did this, that and the other thing. And one of the pictures was taken with one of those light cameras, you know, the ones with like the 16. 16- oh, yeah. With the multiple different lenses. Yeah. yeah. And it yeah. was uh, like a 13 by 19 inch print. And I have to admit, it looked great. Hmm. Like way better than the images I've seen on even on their site you know so i've huh. actually i sent them a note this morning just to see if i could get one for a week to play with yeah uh, and hopefully talk about it um now it's a two thousand dollar camera this is not like a cheap item you know what i mean um right. there's lots of great cameras for two thousand dollars um agreed but but for a small thing that could conceivably sort of fit in your pocket as like a travel camera you know, that, that, that would give you 28 to 150 and do all this computational stuff and, and all the rest of it. It's actually kind of interesting. And the guy says he really loves his. Anyway, I just, I just want to put that out there that I've actually now seen a print from one and it looked huh. pretty damn great. Interesting. Um, yeah. Interesting. Really interesting. And I don't, I don't know where that leads or what it means, but uh, it's interesting uh, yeah. to put it out there. Anyway, just thought uh, that might be interesting to some people. Uh, yeah, uh, let, let me know what they what they say. Have you heard back from them yet at all? Uh, no, I mean I wrote it like right before we got on the oh oh oh, oh. okay got on okay. the thing. Hey, uh, friend of the show, friend of ours uh, is is a master. Yeah, could you? Is this cool? Yeah, I saw this this morning actually in my email. Yeah, so Hasselblad announced their their 2018 masters Hasselblad masters, uh, and uh, Ben Thomas. Uh, who you may know from Chroma, his series Chroma, or if you go way back, you might know him from his City Shrinker project. Right. Uh, ben was named one of the one of the uh, the Hasselblad masters, as was uh, former photographer of the week Maria Svarbova. Remember the the the, the pool scenes oh, and like right. the real the real muted. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. She was named as as well, and you know it's it's funny. I went through and I looked at all of these and. They're, I, they are not predicated on a huge social media footprint. 
Right. They're a not looking people they're in not, here. Yeah. Judging based upon that. You mean? Yeah. A couple people in here have like 100, 200 followers and that's it. It's right. about the work. And yep. and I just wanted to say, you know, bravo to Hasselblad for not choosing uh, just a bunch of the rock stars, a bunch of the cool kids, a bunch of the people who have huge reach, but really making it about the work. Yep. And and there is some absolutely superb work in here. Um, do you see these portraits? Nabil Roseman from Malaysia. Yeah, hold on a let me uh, let me pull it back up. Man. I was adding these things. Oh, man. Oh, man. <clears throat> let me see. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. Right yeah. above Ben. Yep. yep. Um, beautiful stuff. Um, great underwater work. Karim Elia, or Elia, I'm not sure how you would pronounce that. Uh, Victor Hamke from uh, Leipzig, Germany. Those are beautiful. Wedding photographer. I-, I would say these are among, if not the most beautiful wedding photographs I've ever seen. These are stunning. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so especially very cool. the, the one with the dress going straight down on the, on yeah, the that real long format one. That's yeah, a that's just, beautiful that's shot. Just funky. I wonder how yeah. the hell they did that. I mean, it's obviously <laughs> heavily composited, but, uh, or unless, is it unless he had a sheet of 75 feet of duvetine and, yeah, right. <laughs> and brings it to all of his weddings. Um, uh, yeah, very cool stuff. So check them out. Uh, links in the show notes as, as well as, uh, uh, links to their, their Instagrams. Um, Jorge de la Torriente from, uh, Miami, uh, beautiful, like, like, uh, uh, I don't know if that's drone work or, and there's the, the other, these are not all necessarily people who shoot with Hasselblad. Oh, is that true? Yeah. Because I, well, I know, I know for a fact that Ben does not Ben, maybe he <laughs> or didn't will, until but, now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're right. Uh, and if so, good on you, Ben, um, Ben is a cannon or has been a cannon shooter, uh, in the oh, past. Interesting. Um, so uh, again, bravo to, to Hasselblad for not making it only about people who use their gear. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I also like the Benjamin Everett, the, the, the landscapes. Oh yeah. Gorgeous. Those are really something. Yeah. Gorgeous. Fantastic. Uh, Michael Baron from Ireland, these portraits, that second portrait in the, in the lineup of the girl with the, like the curls with the wisps. Yeah. 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 Stunning. Stunning. Yeah. Beautiful toning. Um, so dive into these guys when you, when you have, when you have a chance and, and, you know, let us know what, what your favorites are. I would, I would love to to hear what resonates with, with different listeners. Like, are, are you, are you going outside the box and, and, and saying, wow, these landscapes really speak to me, even though I'm a portrait shooter or vice versa. Right. You know, let us know what right. you think. Podcast it on taking pictures. So what's up with this, uh, new Lumix? You know, it's I, lower resolution, lower, it's lower res. But you're getting, I mean, for all the hype about it. So CES is happening and, and a couple of the big things that, that have come out of it so far are the Lumix G5S. Now the G5 uh, is is building on the reputation of the G4, which is a, a micro four thirds camera that uh, video shooters have really have really embraced um, for its its you know bit rates and frame rates and and supposedly really a, a really great camera. Now the five, Panasonic did something kind of lame. They they to get the log profile, you had to buy it online, and then they shipped you an envelope with a serial number inside that you then used on a website to download it. To unlock it? As yeah. opposed to just giving you the... Yeah. Why? I don't know. I don't know. So the, the, the G5S includes the log profile built onto the camera. 
Um, apparently, you know, for all the hype, you're really only getting about a stop more. According to Kai's report, you're only getting about a stop more of light. Okay, but uh, but 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 the video is supposed to be higher quality overall. Video like, is supposed to be higher quality. Again, you're getting more you, than just the log, or is there other technology in there that? Um, apparently, higher frame rates. Um, the uh, the viewfinder is. Uh, I think they said it refreshes at 144 hertz instead of 60. Okay. Um, I you know I don't know enough. Very important about when you're this. shooting 24 frames a second. Right. I don't know. I don't know enough about this stuff to 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 know, but it, it spec wise, it it doesn't seem like it's a revolutionary upgrade over the GH five, which didn't yeah. come out that long ago. It's almost like it's just a slightly differently tuned version of the same camera. Seems like it. Yeah. And I wonder is is that and the reason I put it in one of the reasons anyway that I put it in here is is just that. Are we getting to a point where where we're going we're going to see camera makers release sort of you know hot rotted versions of existing cameras sure you know fuji has got the xh1 on the table which is supposed to be announced if not this month then next month and it's it's basically an xt2 with a top mount lcd and in-body stabilization but it's the same sensor same processor same effects engine etc weird so I'm, I'm i'm wondering you know are we getting to that point where well i think fuji cameras especially have always sort of been uh uh, uh the same sensor just in different housings with slightly different features right i mean that's right, right the entire fuji thing has been like oh do you want a viewfinder well you need this one if you don't need a viewfinder if you want it in the middle choose this one if you want more of a rangefinder choose that one but right. really it's the same guts yeah, yeah, that's the way it seems anyway. Interesting. So I, I, it's it's just a it's an it's a strange. I wonder if we're witnessing the emergence of this strange trend where instead of releasing a new camera six months into the dev cycle, we're going to release a new edition of the same camera. Yeah, I also uh, you remember when um, Leica used to do those, um, uh, um, you know. Uh, a d- titanium edition with alligator right. skin, you know, that, right. you know, that whole thing. Sure. Um, or the, the Hasselblad, the, the rebranded Sony's, the lunar. Those, yeah. 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 That, okay. Where that, they were just yeah. these lifestyle pieces. Sure. Yeah. And it's, it's interesting because uh Hasselblad, that, that X one D camera, you can get the silver one for eight grand now, but the black one costs 11,000, eight, uh, you know, 9,500 now because it's right. the, you know, for for reasons that are purely cosmetic, or you know what I mean, like sure. this is the special edition four seven seven edition. It's like yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, what does it do that sure. the other one doesn't do? Mm, I don't Nothing. know. Yeah, yeah. but it costs I mean, Fuji did the extra. same thing with with the like the graphite XT two versus the the silver or the 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 black. Yeah, they're, that, the, the they're more expensive. I think they're what are they eighteen ninety nine something for, like that. For but what they're reason? More what are the, how do they how do they justify it? I don't know. Maybe it's a more it's a more uh, expensive manufacturing process. I mean, it, it, you know, back in the day when when Nikon would do titanium editions, you know, I guess you could justify it because it was an actual titanium body. You know, right, it wasn't right, right. the regular you know steel or magnesium. It was it was an actually a, a different material. And a lot of those um, Leicas too were not meant to be used. They were meant to be collected as sure. You know what I mean? The Lenny Kravitz edition. One. Exactly. Yeah. 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 <laughs> exactly. Right. There was one. Right. 
Yes. God. Anyway, pre-weathered for your enjoyment. Yeah. I don't know, man. I, I I don't I don't know if if that's. I mean, again, that's. You know, we're in this we're in this weird space where where there there are people who will go into a camera store and want to buy the most expensive piece of kit because it's the most expensive piece of kit. Yeah. And, and manufacturers are catering to that. And you know, why not? I don't, I don't really, you know, subscribe to it. Not just because I can't afford it, but just because I'd, I'd rather use the tool. Right, 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 right. So, um, yeah, it is interesting. And then apparently SanDisk has made a, I guess there's already a two terabyte SD card or a, 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 a USB stick out there. This hmm. is a one terabyte USB-C one, which I guess, you know, could plug into Android phones if you want or whatever. Right. You know, what is the, you know, I've never thought about this. I know I, I've heard people talk about the longevity of if you stick stuff on a USB stick and stick it in a drawer, how will that last for that long? You know what I mean? Like when, when will that fail? Right. When will it break down just naturally i don't know right. is it this is it it's got to be better than than older magnetic media yeah i don't know that's that's my question and i maybe if if anybody's a flash uh memory guru out there and actually knows the answer to this i mean i i know people have said well they're only meant to last for three years and the the nand that they use in thumb drives is cheaper than the stuff they use in ssds it's like you know the leftover stuff or whatever you know people talk like that i don't know if it's true um right um, but, it, but yeah, I mean, yeah. We, we think about it typically in terms of, of access, like, you know, SSDs, there's a, there's a, there's a read write cycle in terms of the, the, the meantime, right? Yeah. Yeah. And how, how many times it can be rewritten before that right, flash cell right. goes dead. Yeah. hundred thousand or 10,000, whatever it is. Right. But just right. in terms of if I put something on this, if I back up to an SSD and to your point, stick that SSD in a file cabinet somewhere how many weeks months or years before the next time i plug it in it's going to give me a write a read error and there's nothing on it right cuz you know what a terabyte is a whole lot of data on a little tiny stick yeah you know i mean 20 years ago if you said oh yeah there'll be a thing that goes on your key ring that holds a terabyte and it'll cost 300 bucks you know you'd be like what what are you talking right. about you know oh and it also reads and writes at 300 megs a second you'd think the person was crazy right um but yeah it's uh it's uh ooh, very interesting. Anyway, um so put that out there. I guess there's you know, but there hasn't been that much stuff at any of these shows, whether camera shows or CES or anything. There's nothing that really that surprising, right? We're sort of in the age where everything's so mature that it's rare that something really sticks out. Mm-hmm. Um And I, I wonder if if the degree of archiving you know, it, it, i I would love to see the, the some data on on how how long people tend to keep pictures now or or at what rate do we actually archive digital files right 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 you know i mean you do because this is this is your profession but does does you know average dad average mom average uncle you know how how often do they check those things and and do they have like dedicated backup or storage media that they just say okay you know what this is the, these are all the photos from the, the last year, you know, of, of our kids growing up. Let's archive these off. Right, do, right, right. Do people do that? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. I mean, I, you know, as I definitely, all the images from my phone 
go up to Dropbox and Apple and Google, you yeah. know, Google Photos because it cost me two dollars a month or whatever for each one of those. That's worth it just to know that if I ever lose my phone, I don't lose the pictures of my niece and nephew and my wife, you know. Right. Um, See, and that's like like Adrian. I don't. I think she's probably got thousands of JPEGs on the card in her camera. And I don't, I have no idea when the last time is that she backed those up. Her little, uh, her little, uh, uh digital rebel T, one. T, yeah. T, yeah. T four I, T three I, whatever it is, man. She, yeah, she should, she should move those somewhere. <laughs> you should take that photo Hi, out honey. of her camera husband <laughs> and back them up for her. Um, yeah. Right. You know, I, and I guess, you know, just a quick cycle back to the first topic. Maybe that's the way the world is going where, you know, yeah, all my stuff on my phone rarely ends up. I guess my Dropbox versions end up on my computer, but the rest of it's somewhere up in the quote unquote cloud. Right. Which is fine at the current speeds we're at with JPEG, 12 megapixel JPEGs. It's just not quite as reasonable with 65 or, you know, 50 megapixel raw. Image, yeah, sure. You know? Sure. Um, sure. But will it be in five years time or 10 years time? And I mean, it's, you know, it's weird that you, has anything to say about it, but yeah, no kidding. Uh, you know, kind of circling back again in another area, this brand new camera is a step down in resolution. Like it's a, yeah. it's, a it's a step down in, in megapixels. And for a while we saw that as the, as the benchmark of, of what was a high end camera. Well, the more megapixels right. it had, the better the camera was. Well, that's kind of like the Sony, uh, you know, a seven S right. You know, where it's right. like, this is the. 12 megapixel, not really made for stills, made for video camera. You know, this yeah. is, that's what this yeah. is for. I or feel like Nikon again, releasing the D500 at 20 megapixels. Right, right. You know? Yeah. Sorry, yeah. I interrupted. You feel like what? No, no. It's a, that's, I feel like that's maybe what people are going for now, you know, is this idea mm-hmm. that, that there are specialized tools for specialized things. And, you know, that's just the way it is. Right. Um, uh, you got anything else to say about that stuff? Mm, I don't think so. So this weekend I was up at my mother's house for, uh, it was my birthday last week. And so my, uh, my mother said, you should come up and visit for the weekend. So we came up to visit for the weekend, uh, because they're going to Thailand again for the next three years, apparently, um, just four months, but it feels like three years. Um, and we're up there, we're out to dinner and, uh, the topic of a guy named Steve Domenko, who was my piano teacher in high school comes up and, um, you know, she said, Oh, where's Steve Domenko? And I go, Oh, you know, Steve Domenko is, is, uh, you know, I don't know where he is, but I think his son died. And she said, Oh, what really? When did his son die? And I go, I don't know. Look, look it up. And I couldn't remember his son's name. So I searched for Steve Domenko and it comes up with an obituary from four weeks ago. And Steve was a very important person in my life. He was like my piano teacher, my mentor. He's the one who, you know, I confided with when I wanted to switch from engineering to music school. He went over to my parents' house without me asking and without telling me and basically pitched the whole idea to my parents before I was ready to tell them. (laughs) Um, And uh, I sort of, we fell out of, contact but you know there's these people in your life that you uh you know you remember that really changed your life and i remember you talking in earlier episodes about that painter the the reverend guy or the priest or something yeah father bill moore there you go um 
who you've mentioned before as sort of this kind of thing for you. Um, and, and I'm just thinking, you know, we talk a lot about our heroes and the people that we, you know, aspire to be that are, that are, you know, fancy people in whatever field we're in or whatever it is. And, but the, the, the people on the ground, the people you're talking to day to day, the, the people who were your mentors at school or your mentors after school or, or, or friends of yours or people, professionals who gave you a chance or gave you a leg up or gave you advice are far more impactful in the long run than, you know, some, some guy you follow on Instagram that is your hero or whatever. Right. Sure. Um, and it just it just got me thinking about a the people in my life now who are sort of mentors to me and how I myself can be a better mentor to others to people you know below me as it were right and I don't know I just I just want to know if you had any sort of thoughts on that matter. Um, well, first I would choose a better word than below because okay, I yeah, think I that, that, that the I establishment just... of a hierarchy is is I think flawed from the start. Yeah, yeah, right, right. Um. But yes, I think I think mentors are wildly important, not just creatively, but in 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 various areas of your life. We yeah. we we are sometimes, depending on where you live and and sort of what what generation you're from, we 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 have been at times beaten into this idea of individuality and you've got to pull yourself up by your bootstraps and you've got to do it. And you, 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 you. And, and I think we have lost sight of how important mentors can be. Yeah. And how important, uh, those, those maybe older, but certainly wiser men and women in our lives can be to, molding us shaping us exposing us or or just listening when we're trying to figure it out yeah and and in some ways often they are non-parental figures who kind of take on somewhat parental roles you know what i mean sure. sort of that sure know, the father you never had or, or, or you absolutely. know what i'm saying that, that kind absolutely of yeah i uh, i had an english teacher in in high school who was a my favorite teacher I've ever had um, sent me Christmas cards for years, decades after um, leaving school, and um, really opened my eyes to reading and storytelling and asking questions and and was a was a man who taught because he loved it, not because he needed the money. He, right. uh, he was, he was wealthy. His family left him all kinds of money and he taught because he loved it. And he taught the things that, that mattered to him. He didn't use textbooks. He, he hand typed stories out of different volumes because he couldn't find one that taught everything that he wanted. So he hand typed everything and cataloged them in boxes all over his room and really tried to communicate the importance of narrative as as a as, as a cultural importance, not just as fiction, but it is it is something that that is core to who we are. We are storytellers from the word go. Right, and you know, I I I learned an enormous amount from him, and you know, there have been a, you know a few others throughout my life, but I think you're right. I think when those people connect with you, or when you connect with them there's a there's a richness to the human experience as a result of that 
that you have a hard time explaining to people who've never experienced it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that, that sometimes those people can change the way you see other stuff in your life. For example, if you are a a high school student and you, you know, are thinking about going into engineering or something and you actually meet an engineer suddenly your math classes aren't as abstract because you understand, you know what I'm saying? You understand where it's leading and that can totally change the way you see the process of learning and and all the rest of it. Um, I don't, I feel like there's, there's a lot to all of this and, and I feel like it's not mentioned quite enough, or at least Mm -hmm. maybe you and I don't talk about it quite enough. Um, so how, how, how do we become better people for others? You know what I mean? How do we, how do we give back that process? Not that we're, the well, MLP I think all, but. I, I think I think it begins with focus, and and you're either focused inward or you're focused outward. Right. You you are either worried more about uh, your own voice and magnifying that, or the voices of, of others and magnifying that. Right. Um. So I, I guess think that's it, that also that's, depends on what what you're trying to accomplish. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, sure. Yeah. Sure. Um, you know, are you talking about taking on sort of one-to-one, um, mentors or just in general, how, how can I, how can I give back as it were to the creative community? I guess a little bit of both. I mean, you know, I've, I've, I've been a, 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 um, like a um, SVA, you know, master's program, uh, what's it called, a thesis advisor a few years ago. That was fun, you know, just sort of sitting down one-on-one with a student and, and talking through her project that she's doing every couple of weeks, you know, and see, right. you know, that that was fun and useful to me. Um, I think that there's opportunities for, and I've always considered, and I need to look into it more, like becoming even just like a big brother, big sister, big brother, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um Cause there's lots of people who don't have anybody and, and that's sure. That's both from a photographic point of view and just from a good person point of view, you know? Yeah. Um, I mean, it, from a, from a creative standpoint, you could, okay. You just did this dream series. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe put together a freebie, uh, PDF that outlines or documents some of the techniques that you use, some of yep. the tools, break down some of those images and just throw it out in the world. Yeah. Actually, you know, funny you should say that because I actually gave a talk about those late last year uh, that I filmed and I just need to put it together with like inserting some still slides, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, over me talking so that you can see the process and I pull apart all the things and yeah, I can put it out as a show video. some yeah. of your posts, you sure. know, show if, yep. if, if that is your focus professionally, then maybe let some of that spill over sure. into your focus personally. I was thinking, you know, have you tried the, um, I was thinking, cause I'm, you know, you do these daily portraits and there is a, some post involved in all of them to yeah. do a basically live feed of while I'm editing kind of thing, you know? So why like, not? Yep. I'm uh, working. If, you, if you do YouTube. Instagram, oh, okay. 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 If you do Instagram, you're limited to one hour. It will stop after an hour. Okay, but that's um, that's if you I would have a camera pointed at me while I'm working versus a screen grab, right? Yes. Okay. Yes. Um if you did YouTube then I don't think there's a limit. Um and right. you could do you know, if you shot the whole thing, you could time lapse some of it. Like, okay, I'm going to create this mask. You could right. show yourself creating the beginnings of it and then time lapse through to the end of it. 
you know, right, or if right, you're right, using right. the pen tool to, you know, make selections, whatever. You could be judicious with your with your with speeding up or slowing down time, but yeah, I mean, if you're going through those motions anyway, might as well I, just hit record or whatever. Why not? I yeah. mean, I th- and 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 throw those out in the world, and it could be it could be the difference between somebody starting a project like that for themselves and not sure. because they yep. see, oh, okay. And maybe that's not how they would end up doing it, but the fact that 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 you're doing it and putting it out there may be the inspiration, maybe it may be inspiration enough for someone to start. Yeah, sure. Yeah, you know. Yeah. And I th- I think that that becomes, you know, I'm I'm really wrestling with with this whole like social media and and likes and and you know, Fielding and I had a, a big discussion about it over the weekend, and you know, there's more and more things coming out about about how, you know, Facebook and social media were really designed to manipulate the psychology of the human experience so that you get these little dopamine hits, you know, blah, blah, blah. You know, I'm not going to go into it. Right. But um, I think if we if we tweak how and why we use these things, that they can be beneficial tools rather than just time sucks. And I think that that going back a little bit, changing changing the focus from from – outward to inward at least part of the time um you might change someone else's experience sure i mean look you know we we do this show in some ways just to share our own experiences i mean that's like a lot of what we do um sure so i mean that's well, certainly not for the money <laughs> but the, but there is there is an element of you know i i agree with all the things you're suggesting but it is nice to do the sort of one-on-one thing because i think those are the most Useful, yeah, you know. So maybe you know, maybe there's a, I don't know, maybe there's a, maybe you start a. I'm just spitballing here, so these yep. are probably going to be lame, but maybe there's a portrait club. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and you know, at at the at the outset, you you have people sign up for it, and maybe they tag a photo when they when they post it. Tag it, portrait club. Yep, you know, yep, on, yep. on Amazon and maybe, maybe you'll pick one or you pick a couple to take apart and, and maybe someone has a chance to sit down with you and, and, and you, um, talk through their experience and just connect with them. And in, in that personal moment, that's not recorded. That's not shared. That's not, that's not retweeted and right, re- right, right. regrammed right. and all that. Right. That's yeah. just a personal connection between you and someone else who's at maybe a further or, or nearer or completely off base point on their own journey. Yep. You know, and it, and it, and it, it stands as an honest connection without agenda. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. You know, because you, you know, you have said in the past that, that part of what you, a big part of what you get from photography is the connection to your subject. Yep. So maybe, maybe in, in, in addition to connecting with a subject now connect with another person that's trying to do the same thing Sure. and swap experiences and swap stories. And maybe you learn something out of it too. Yep. yep. You know, I, I think it could be hugely valuable and I think it would be good for, for both parties. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, mentors. It's like you know, and and I guess this is another question for the crowd. Uh, you know, how how have this stuff? How, how have other people in your life affected yours? You know, in that yeah. sort of mentor relationship. Um, yeah. And you know, if you have a mentor that you've lost touch with, uh, you should look them up and call them up and say hi before they die suddenly without you realizing it. Yeah. Um, because that kind of thing happens. Yeah. Um, um, oddly enough, uh, friend of the show, Sean Tucker, 
has just finished a mentor project. He went back to South Africa. Um, He's currently living in the UK, went back to South Africa and reconnected with three people who were three men who were instrumental in his younger self, in his younger life and made their portraits and, and connected and had conversation with them and uh, did a couple videos, one about the experience and then the other about, about his, his editing process on them. And if you've watched anything about Sean, um, Sean goes pretty deep. He's, he's definitely not a superficial photographer. He, he, you know, if you enjoy people like Dushman, um, you, you will enjoy Sean's approach to photography and his approach to connection. And, and this latest video that he did about mentors was, was very, very well done. Right, right, right. Yeah, I'm gonna. Uh, I see these videos. I'll put one of them in the show notes. Um, I also put in the show notes a video of my piano teacher because he was famous uh, for being one of the greatest accordion players of the 20th century. Nice. Um, and I put a take that weird Al. Yeah. Well, I. I mean, <laughs> you know, I put up a video of him playing Chopin piano concertos with an orchestra on accordion so nice imagine the left hand on a piano but on buttons instead right <laughs> you know it's like holy crap um so uh uh we'll put that in there too if anybody wants to see somebody who really knows how to uh knows how to do his thing um that's always fun to see uh, i bet he plays a mean polka too you know, it's a good question. I don't know that he ever did because he only played. It's funny because he he was really known for that when he was younger and then switched to piano. And he uh, I think I only ever saw him play accordion in front of me once, huh? which is really interesting. It's also interesting because I hadn't looked him up on YouTube for a long time. And because, um, you know, you, 10 years ago, there wasn't anything of him up on YouTube. And now there's like weird videos that people have digitized that have stuck up there, you know, uh, of him. Because he was on Bernstein's Young People's Concerts when he was a teenager and stuff. Um, and uh, uh, on there is also some other accordion player who found out that he had died, Steve had died, and wrote a piece about him because he was this guy's hero f- when he was younger. Wow. Like, I don't think he ever met him, but he wrote a piece and recorded it because he was so upset about his passing. Which, wow. you know, sometimes people are mentors from afar. You know what I mean? Yeah, sure. Um, sure. And there's value in that, too. Um, so anyway, just putting that out there. Um, let's talk about Squarespace for a minute while we have a little break, a little lull. Squarespace. Hey, if you want to code a site from scratch and don't dive to into Java. Oh, no, <laughs> no, no, no. You don't need to do that with Squarespace. Nope. There's no code. Uh, no, no, not at all. You don't, then you don't why need did I install Adam? Ugh. I don't know, man. Like you, all you need to do is, do you know how to drag and drop? Do you know how to like take Oh, a I know drag and, and drop. <laughs> you, do you understand the drag and drop? I understand the drag and drop. So with Squarespace, all you got to do to edit your website is to like click and drag and drop. You want a picture? You say, I want a picture here. And it goes, please drag the picture here, sir. And you go. It would be kind of awesome if a little yeah. dial, like a little thing popped up. Please, sir. And I have another. Um, you drag the picture and bloop. And it, the coolest thing, one of the coolest things about Squarespace is that if you drag in, say, a 2000 pixel image or even a full res image, it will create multiple sizes and only serve up the size it needs to fit the space provided. Right. So it's not going to you don't have to resize your images in order to make sure that it fits and doesn't waste a lot of bandwidth and that kind of stuff. That's all done in the background. Right. You want to store. 
that's in there too. Do you want a blog? You can have three blogs on a single website, one with your new work, one with, you know, essays you want to write, one with, you know, your daily project or whatever, which is really handy just to have, be able to have multiple blogs and that kind of stuff, which is really cool. Uh, they, their analytics keep getting better. They keep showing you more information about the visitors to your site. Uh, you can, and you can buy domains over there, Jeffrey. So you can get your, you know, Jeffrey Sidoris, uh, 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 book uh, is fantastic.com. You have that one yet? I do. Yeah. And.net and.org. Okay, good. Good. Uh, and everything is optimized right out uh, right for mobile, right out of the box. So it looks great on your iPhone or your iPad, uh, or your, your Kindle device. Uh, if it's one of the, you know, Kindle fire thingies, um, you can customize the look and feel of settings, products, and more with just a few clicks. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> Something got stuck in my throat. Uh, and they got be- uh, using beautiful templates created by world-class designers. It's fantastic. Built-in search engine optimization. So people will be able to find the stuff that you post on the Googles and the Bings and the uh, Duck, Duck, Go and the Rock, Paper, Scissors. Uh, and you have nothing to patch or upgrade ever because the software is all on their end. They deal with it. They worry about whether or not there's a security vulnerability that needs to get patched because somebody just found it on the new Intel processors. Uh, and they got 24-7 award-winning customer support. So if you ever have any problems, you can you can chat with them. You can email with them 24-7. They'll, they'll help you out. <clears throat> so turn your cool idea into a new website. Showcase your work uh, and get ready to uh, you know, think it, dream it, make it with Squarespace. Uh, they've been a friend of the show for a long time and they make a great product. And if you go to billwadman.com, it's on Squarespace. So nice. you can go check that out. Uh, so go check out squarespace.com for your free trial. And when you're ready to launch, use the offer code OTP. You'll save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Thank you so much to Squarespace for supporting 5 by 5 and uh, on taking pictures. Um, you know, you, you mentioned rock, paper, <clears throat> scissors, and the first thing that, that, that popped into my mind, there was a gaming site, and I just looked at still around, called Rock, Paper, Shotgun. <laughs> really? <laughs> Great. Yeah. Did you, uh, did you watch that uh, Patriot show? <clears throat> no. There's this, I'm not giving anything away, but there's this scene where like the main character and this cop are like arguing about something, and she's just like, Rochambeau? Like that, she's like this, you know, uh, Dutch uh, 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 woman from um, European woman, and she, they start doing rock paper scissors, and it just goes on for like five minutes of them tying nice. every single time, you know, because they say rock paper scissors is all about being able to read the other person, you know, like that's a big part of sure. it. Sure. And 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 uh, show them your the paper sh- face, right? And earlier in the show, they do. She does like five or six with somebody else, and the person like keeps up with them, and then she ends up winning. And then with this guy, it just goes on forever, like those scenes in um, Family Guy, you know, where he bumps his knee right. and right, oh, Ooh. Yeah, Ooh, yeah, 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 for like five minutes, and it it's funny, then it's not funny, and then it's funny again. It's right. uh, kind of like that. So uh, go watch uh, Patriot on Amazon. It was hey, pretty good. Do, do you realize that we have been doing this show so long? That we used to have to rem- we used to have to mention responsive design. <laughs> yeah, I know. I was thinking about that the other day. Like, you don't hear responsive design anymore. Nobody, nobody says, "Oh, and it's responsive." You well, know, because everything's assumed that that's all part of the right, thing. Yeah. Right, right, right. Um, kind of fun. <clears throat> I was uh, last week. I took pictures of this um, woman who is uh, uh, a team member at, at Google. And uh, she's one of the people who shaves milliseconds off the load time of search pages. Like that's all she does is like figure out ways to save a millisecond here and a millisecond there. Cause that saves Google or makes Google X amount of money for, you know, 
you know, they have metrics of all this stuff. Sure. And I said, you know, I used to do a lot of PHP. I used to do a lot of action script flash stuff. I used to do stuff in cold fusion. I used to write uh, uh, SQL commands and all this kind of stuff. And I feel like I haven't done that stuff in so long that if I fell back into this stuff in any way, no one works at that low level anymore. They're all working on like higher level structures. You right. know what I mean? Like all this stuff right. that's on top of all that stuff. Right. And I said, I, I feel like I would be completely lost. And she goes, yeah, you know, yes, it's true that they don't use that stuff anymore. <laughs> you're, you're bringing in Play-Doh sculptures and they're working with nanotubes and carbon fiber. <laughs> exactly. But she said, if you can do the lower level stuff, you'd fall into the new stuff really quickly because it's even more person friendly, right? You know what I mean? Like each higher level thing that you go to is generally more powerful and less low level and annoying. You know what I mean? Uh, right. More easily powerful rather. Um, and less level and annoying. She goes, yeah, you'd, I mean, event, you know, you would quickly ramp up to being fine with the current stuff. If you could do the old stuff, you could do the new stuff basically. Right. And I was like, right, Oh, right, okay. Right. So it kind of made me feel better that my skills aren't complete waste of time. Nice. <laughs> Whatever well, skills you know, that are the, left. If the photography thing doesn't work out, you got something to fall back on. Exactly. Um, so a lot of people wrote in, we asked people about black and white conversion. Yeah. Uh, last week. Uh, and we got lots of answers. Yeah. Um, what was, well, somebody wrote in like, Tri-X, like I shoot film. So yeah, <laughs> yeah black yeah. and white conversion. I, I think uh, Kent wrote that in. Yeah, wise guy. <clears throat> he's not even using Tri-X. He's, he's going back to using film from 1975, like Kodak, you know, uh, ortho film, black right. and white and stuff. Um, hey, by the by, uh, Kodak's released a press release. They are on track to release Ektachrome back into the world this, this year. <clears throat> Just 35 or are they going to do- Just 35 uh, so far. Just 35 ugh. so far. See, I, I want that. I, want, I loved- the E100G was my favorite slide film. Yeah. Um, so some people say uh, they like the in-camera Fuji stuff with the red filter, right? Yep. Um, yep. Silver Effects Pro in the Nick collection. Yeah. And, and in fact, somebody <coughs> said something. Is is Did Nick, did somebody buy the IP of Nick from, because Google killed it. Did somebody buy it and is updating it and re-releasing it? Uh, that's a good question. According to uh, Nick collection by, oh yeah, hold on a second. Let's see here. Uh, DxO thought, bought. Yeah, Nick, DxO Nick bought them. So are they rebranding it or are they just re-releasing it? To add that our teams are actively working to release a new collection in mid 2018. Wow. Okay. All so right. we'll see what they end up doing with it. Um, it is weird how all these big companies buy all this stuff and then just don't do anything with it, which is just a waste. Um, right. Mike Kukovica wrote in saying that Filmborn, uh, which is a phone app. Right. That has, he says, a great Delta 3200 emulation. That's just beautiful. Uh, I think I bought that app at some point. Let me it's a few look. bucks. I keep, keep I, I've been meaning to get it, but I, you know, I, I have to try that. Um, uh, so that's that's kind of interesting. I think. Uh, let's see what else. Who else wrote it? Born. Mike Farrington says, Capture oh, yeah, One 11's monochrome. Can you have it? Yeah. Let okay. me download it. Uh, Capture One. Uh, version 11's monochrome conversion for my Olympus and Fuji raw images. Occasionally use silver effects for pulling out more local structure. Um, I used to use silver effects for all mono conversions, but Capture One's mono processing controls and capabilities have improved a lot by version 10, so I use those a lot less. Um, I agree. I think that the ones built into uh, um, uh, Lightroom, being able to manipulate the different color channels, you know, basically. Uh, right. That that Lightroom or capture or, or uh, camera raw and capture one do, 
I mean, that's a lot of what a lot of those other ones were doing, right? Was playing with what colors get what luminosity. Um, so the trick is that some of those other ones have sort of formulas built in for choosing them versus you starting from scratch. Um, interesting stuff, though. Uh, yes, in Kent, the wise ass says, I shoot black and white film. Ha ha ha. Hey, I, I don't to- know if I told you. Uh, I don't. I may have told you offline, but I don't remember if I did. I sold my thirty-five one four. Uh, you mentioned that you were going to. Did you buy the new one yet? No, 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 I haven't. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> so wait, what, so you can use manual lenses right now? Is that what you're I, saying? Yeah, I, I've I've got a I've got a, a Russian. I don't remember the manufacturer of it. Fifty-five, and then I've got my Nikon fifty-five that I can use, like a Rokinon or whatever those ones are. Like one of those. No, I don't. It's an it's a vintage one. It's like from nineteen seventy-nine or something. This old all metal Russian, you know. So you got it as a retirement present. I did. I did. It was brand new then. Uh, um, And uh, uh, so a couple things. I was I was going to originally I was going to get the thirty-five f two, which I think I will still do. And then I thought, well, wait a minute. What if I get the 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 Voigtlander uh, Color Scopar 35? It's still manual focus, but then I could eventually get like a Bessa 30, you know, a Bessa R2 35 mil camera and use that. But I think I I still will get the 35 f2 because uh, there are times when you just want speedy autofocus and you don't want to manually focus. Sure. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, and and they're not that expensive. I'm either the the Fuji 35 f2 I think is four. And the uh, the thirty five um, Voigtlander is a little over four, so they're not they're not hugely expensive lenses. Those are all manual though for that camera. No, the thirty five f two is autofocus. Oh yeah, yeah, the Fuji one, right? But all the yeah. third party lenses are all manual. Correct, right? correct. Okay. Although somebody, um, now that you mention that, a company is releasing a smart adapter for Fuji, and they posted a video um, of someone using the Canon. Uh, what's, uh, what is it? The Canon 70 to 300 L on a Fuji X-T2 and it's stupid fast. Interesting. Yeah. Um, here, hold on a second for, for people who might be interested. Um, hey, give me a link. Where do you want me to put it in Skype or in the show notes? Put it in the show notes just cause I have it. I haven't have that open. Okay. Um, I mean, they make the similar, sorry, I'm all stuffed up now suddenly. Uh, uh, there you go. they make the, um, uh oh yeah, I'll put this in the show notes. Uh the um Use your uh, words. Oh Sounds you actually like. you 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 put in uh the wrong uh link. You gotta redo that because that's the uh that's the same one as above. Oh, okay. All right, let me there you go. Me. Um that the the Sony you know, they make the Sony ones for the Canon lenses, right? You know, the adapter so people can use an A seven R or whatever with the Canon lenses and some people say it's great and some people say it's not great and you know. Uh, I feel like the the adapter thing, while really cool, is always like this weird hack. Like it, back in the day, I used to have a IBM PC Junior, right? And uh, there was a company called Ramco or something like that who made like a a second uh, five and a quarter inch drive that you kind of bolted on the top, and this thing you bolted on the side that gave you extra RAM or whatever it is. And it was like this weird thing that people created in order to stretch over till the next thing, you know, sort of like a, like a, like a add on USB three card for an old computer without USB three, you know, that kind of thing. Right. Um, sure. And I feel like these, these, uh, these lens conversion 
adapters are a little bit like that, where we're going to look at them later and go, what is this converting to and from? Oh, remember when people used to do that? You know, uh, maybe it's just the different lenses and camera companies and all this classical stuff and everything that people uh, right. are stuck with. I don't know. It's, just, it's interesting. Man, I don't know why I'm all stuffed up all of a sudden. I feel like a, I feel like a cat just walked through the room. Um, Did a cat just walk through the room? Um, no, I don't think so since I don't have a cat. Yeah. Man, that 70 300 is a big lens. It is a big lens, especially on that little bitty body. Oh, it's so cute. Um, hey, uh, Mike Kukovica in his email about monochrome conversion uh, said, I have, a, I have a question arising from the last episode. Bill, in passing, you said uh, something about not needing a model release if you want to make a book of your 365 portraits. Could you explain a little more? Because I thought if you if money is ever involved, there's a risk if you don't have a signed release. Not looking for legal advice, just a thought behind your process. Um, I was under the impression that was only for endorsement. I think like that, if someone was endorsing a commercial right, product. Like if, if I sold one of these pictures for an advertisement or something right, like that. Right, right. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I think that if somebody could probably make a stink about it. Um, it, it reminds me of that uh, uh, case we discussed a few years ago. It's a News and Wig versus uh, Decorsia. Right. Remember where the guy had a uh, Philip uh, Lorca de Corsia had that camera and a f- strobe mounted in Times Square. Oh, and it right, took a right, picture right, of right. the Jewish guy, the Hasidic yeah, guy, the Hasidic guy. And he didn't want it to be used. Yes. Right, yes. right, right, right. And uh, so this was just like an automated camera, took a picture of this guy as he's walking down the street and he was selling copies, big copies of this picture of this guy at Pace McGill Gallery. Um, the guy sued. Uh, saying, you know, you're not allowed to use my picture. And it went all the way to the New York Supreme Court and he ended up winning. Uh, uh, the photographer won. Um, they, they yeah, argued of course that the, you won. So right. the, the guy who sued lost. Right. That the photo yeah. represented artistic expression was protected under the First Amendment and statute of limitations that expired for bringing a lawsuit anyway. Uh, so they dismissed the lawsuit. Um, so a lot of people use this as like, look, if you're in a public place and somebody takes your picture and they're using it for art, tough tough noogies you know um yeah but then again remember the other case that of the guy shooting into the apartment buildings that was upheld as well right and that was looking into somebody's house right into their personal space yeah so if somebody is allowing me to take their picture which is always the case with me i feel like there's some level of implicit okayness of me using it in this project if i stick them all in a book i don't have a problem with doing it now would i be safer if i had signed releases from all these people sure Last time I did this 10 years ago, I did get signed releases from everybody, but it added a whole other layer of sort of annoyance whenever I'm doing the picture, especially if you're talking to somebody who you just happen to walk up to and you want to take their picture and now you're making them sign a contract. You know, it's it's it puts up a lot of friction and uh, the pictures in this project are not that important to me that I'm like, I have to demand that I have rights for in perpetuity or whatever it is. So I don't really worry about it that much and I'm not going to be selling them for use in any sort of commercial stuff. So that's the reason I do that. So I just wanted to uh, follow up on that. I think Good. That's, that, that finishes that. Um, what is man. this? You put this NVIDIA thing in here. What are we looking at? So uh, the people, the crazy people at NVIDIA. Um, Those nuts. Those nuts over there. They basically um, created faux celebrity photographs that were generated by software that's running on uh, NVIDIA AI processors. You know, those like 
the big GPUs that they now make to use uh, for um, uh, for 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 like uh, uh, machine learning and that kind of stuff. Right, right. It's basically software used to mess around with this stuff. So, they, so are they are they blending real features from real people into one hybrid, or is it all synthetic? Uh, that is a good question. I think that it's learning a little bit and kind of piecing things together. But then again, if you look at, if you go down, scroll down in the thing, you can see what it starts with at 10 minutes and it iterates over it. I think it looks like a, at a billion pictures of different famous people or whatever, and right. then just iterates on it. I don't think it's choosing bits and pieces of them, but it's analyzing all of those and figuring out what it is about them that makes them, you know, worth being famous. But this resulting people. image is not... It's, it's not real. It's it's someone's eyes, someone else's eyebrows, someone else's cheeks, someone else's lips. Is that what I'm to understand? No, I think that it, what it is is uh, uh, it's basically like the computer mapped all of those other people. And it's not cutting them out and putting it in there, but it's like, oh, this shape of eye was famous on that. So I'm going to use that shape of eye over here. You know, it's like recreating the thing after the fact as a, as a new model. Um, hmm. It's creepy and weird but it is in this strange thing jeffrey where you know how long are we till we don't really need you know the new uh uh you know actor of the month good looking 20 year old person because we can just generate a new one right you know what i mean and right and have them be uh the thing that 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 society wants and that last pictures some of these in the middle here are completely reasonable fake pictures of people you know mm-hmm. uh especially for AI to be creating, you know, and let alone the whole synthesized people talking thing, which we've talked about before, you know, which they link to down the bottom here, you know, of Obama saying all kinds of stuff because they've basically morphed his face into saying whatever they want him to say and, and stole so his voice. Th- that one is a little, still a little rough around the edges, but these stills, this grid of nine stills. Yeah. It's kind of wild. Yeah. Right. I mean, like the one on the lower left is really weird looking. Um. Yeah, the one, head seems unusually squashed. Yeah, like upper right is pretty straightforward. Uh, right middle, the woman is yeah. pretty straightforward. Like those, if I just flip through them, or the guy left middle with yeah. the dark hair, like yeah, yeah sure. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, there's errors like the one in the middle middle. You can see like where like it thinks it has a head, a hat, but not really. You know what I mean? Right. Like it, Obviously, the got girl confused. on the bottom middle, her, the top of her head's a little, a little iffy. Right, 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 right. But you know, the fact that the, but this is you know early days of all this stuff. It's weird. Sure. Like I don't know how I feel about any of it. It makes me, it makes me a little, it, well, uh, a little it's, anxious. It's, you know, it's only a matter of time before we're food for the machines, man. Really, I know, right? It's ugh, ah, ugh. Um, and one other thing was this picture that from the Atlantic. Uh, this aerial photographer, let me pull this up, Mark Holtzman, who... Oh, yeah, that's a good shot. It's a he, good shot. He flies in a Cessna and shoots out the window. Yeah. And he took this picture of a B-2 bomber flying over uh, the Georgia-Oklahoma game at the Rose Bowl. Um, and so he was... I wonder up- how many frames he took to get that, because the, the I would imagine that, that that B-2 is flying at stall speed and, you know... Yeah, I would imagine stall speed is still a pretty decent clip to keep yeah. that thing in the air. Right, right, right. And he's going the opposite direction. Right. So there in the interview below, uh, he says the, the the minimum altitude that the B two is going to fly at safely is a thousand feet. So they're about a thousand feet above the stadium. He's twenty five hundred feet above them. 
wow. with a 70 to 200 millimeter lens. And I think what he does is he actually just pitches over, not pitches over, what would uh, the rolls over, I guess, sure. so that the window he wants to shoot out of is now aiming down. You know what I mean? Uh, so he just. Okay. It, so they're, they're flying at 200. That's that. Yeah. He's flying at but, hundred miles an hour. They're flying at yeah, 200. So you've so got a 300 mile an hour, hour closure. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Uh, one thousandth of a second or faster. Uh, huh. and he wanted to not obscure the, uh, the flag on the fields. Cause he thought that would be kind of cool. Yeah. Uh, but you so see I wonder the, if he just, if he just starts clicking away when up, he up, gets, up, 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 up. yeah, yeah. When he gets about over the, the, you know, one end of it, does he just solid stream and fill the buffer until he gets to the other end? I, I would, <laughs> yeah. you know, cause this is not the kind of thing you could do again. You know, right. Yeah. Can we do a go around? Yeah. Right. And uh, he says that, you know, these are if a plane like that's flying around, you need to get cleared. Right. Because there's flight restrictions around that area. So he's yeah, talking sure. to, you know, he gets permission under the police and under air traffic control to be X amount of distance. So he's on a, discre- a discrete frequency, the same frequency as the B2 talking to them, you know, which is imagine the so B2 then I wonder after like, this. Yeah. Does the B two just they're out? They're out of there at cruising altitude or something. Where they probably came yeah, out. Yeah, they're of, heading home like, or whatever. Yeah, Edwards or something. Yeah, where's uh, uh the uh, Rose Bowl is in California? California, L A. Yeah, Rose Bowl is in Pasadena. Okay, so maybe Edwards. Yeah. Right. Crazy though. Yeah. Wow. Um, he says, "Are you literally hanging out the window?" I try to stay inside because I don't need the wind buffeting me. But I'm oblivious to anything else except getting the picture, getting into the zone. So he's like flying, you know, on, in the plane flying while doing this, you know, crazy, 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 crazy. So anyway, I just thought this was uh, an example of somebody doing crazy stuff on a, with a camera that I would never do. Uh, so go check that one out. It's an interesting little interview if you're at all into uh, uh, this kind of stuff. There's also a really cool video. I didn't put a link in here of... Uh, a guy flying. What is the thing that's basically like a a hang glider with, you know, where you you sit down underneath it and you got the little like uh, paraglider. Engine, paraglider. Yeah, George Steinmetz for National Geographic. He flies one. Is it is he the guy who like flies along with birds? There's somebody guy who was flying one of those like next to flocks of birds, so to the point where the people in his like riding with him can reach out and like touch the bird in midair. Oh no, he goes by himself. He's just got one like. One little thing, and he—he's the one who flies for National Geographic and and flies over deserts in you know in Namibia or you know rainforests and right. gets these beautiful overhead shots. Oh well, it's not—it's not the it's not a wait. You said paraglider. Paraglider. Okay, but that's a parachute with the thing. I'm talking about the one where it's like a hang glider. You know what oh, I mean? Where it's like know. a wing. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, there's another name for those. Anyway, there's a video where this guy's like flying next to birds, and it's like, wow, that's cool. You know, just a weird angle you would never get otherwise um there's some i put some b2 images from edwards air force base right below there you you a fan of the b2 i think it's a beautiful aircraft i don't uh, you know it's it's no sr-71 but nothing is in my opinion it's pretty close it's not too far away from the sr-71 that's a pretty cool looking plane it's cool looking i i mean sr-71 is still my favorite plane followed probably by the harrier okay that's i would put the b2 up there for me i think i think it's a it's uh, especially when it's all locked up and, you know, closed up and it's just like this weird wing. It's like, what the hell is that thing? You right. Know? Right. Um, they're way bigger than you think they are, too, I think. Uh, they seem to be. Yeah. 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 No, they're neat looking. Anyway. Uh, so we'll put some we'll put those in the show notes, too. Uh, you want to go to the group? You got anything else? 
Um, I have anything else? I don't think I did. Yeah, let's go take a look. At, hey, Jeffrey, uh, if you have something else, we could we could talk about it next week. We can talk about it next week. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, let's see. Okay, right off, Jason Fusera. It's not in the assignments, but it's in photo sharing of all the yep. dolls. Yes, oh, man. creepy dolls are creepy. My yeah. mother-in-law collects dolls, and they're creepy. She has a doll room at the house. A whole room? Uh, mo- actually, multiple rooms, to be honest. Wow. There's dolls everywhere at my mother-in-law's house. It's a little creepy. I have to agree. Yeah. Is, is your... Uh, yeah. Wow. I think it was okay. that she never got to have dolls as a kid, so she always wanted these dolls, and now as she's older, she can like get these old classic dolls off of eBay. So she like collects them and rebuilds them and sells them or something. Huh. It's all nice. very confusing. All right. I, don't, I don't quite get it. All right, um, startup was uh, was last week. Um, yeah, well, look, Jeff Cornejo, uh, no better way to start up a band with your ten year old mates than almost selling out your first gig. Look at that, right there on the Parkway. Uh, yeah, doing their thing. I, I love. Almost look at the guitar stand. Two there. chairs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, coffee, Florian. It's the way I start my day. I'll tell you that. Yeah, you, you, you love the coffee. Um, I do love the coffee. Mike Kukovica. Look at that thing. Look at that monstrous machine. <laughs> Porsche 962. Beautiful, beautiful vehicle. Yeah. He and I talked about Porsches. I would I would love just one time just to just to just to get a ride in one of those things. 962 or a 967. Yeah. Um by the way, I Patty like that, Reynolds. the uh, Michael Russell picture is from monochrome from last week but he put it up late. oh yeah, yeah yeah that's yeah pretty good sorry go ahead um yeah that's pretty wild um let's see yeah oh, i like govis's picture from the the chinese restaurant the monochrome i like the weird uh pieta that uh the eric took. yeah that's kind of wild right so what are we looking at where is it is it uh, one of those bridges that raises and lowers, or is this just the debris of, of what's left of the bridge? Yeah, that's a good question. It almost looks like I would originally say a bridge that raises and lowers, but, you know, you never know. Yeah. New York's Cavalry Cemetery. Oh, it's the, oh, it's, it's the old Kosciuszko Bridge. Oh, okay. Um, that's weird. So, um, Was it one of those raisy, lowery ones? No, it was not. So, but they but they replaced it over the last like five or ten years, and they've removed the old one. So, I think what it is is like they've actually taken it down, and that's it's next door to the cemeteries where they dumped what's left. You know what I mean? Uh, They just 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 took all the metal pieces and just said, "Ah, here you go." Yeah, they basically had to take the whole thing apart, unless unless they were like in the process of taking it apart. Yeah, no, 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 because the Kosciuszko Bridge is down there. Yeah, that's really interesting. I don't know. I'll have, to, I'll have to figure that out. But I think, um, man, we used to drive over the Kosciuszko Bridge all the time, and now you don't. Ah, it's sad. Um, good well, times. Yeah. Well, it was uh, not good times at the time, but uh, but it was, uh, yeah, history. Um, Kosciuszko Bridge, very cool. Uh, that Patty bridge Reynolds. Was a nightmare. I like that. Startup this year, I'm determined to take more and more portraits Start up a new project, hashtag my underscore portraits underscore project. I like these shots. Uh, yep. Looks like you're on your way, man. Nice. Uh, I like the one looking through the, the the foliage there. Or not foliage, but weeds, reeds. What sure. is that? Yeah. Grass. Uh, Frank uh, is also doing a 
a, a project. I think he's shooting the same person and then putting out seven portraits a week of that person that he shot and then choosing oh, a new right. person. I think so. It's sort that's of like cool. a weird hybrid project. Yeah, that's cool. So nice uh, go follow that three six five intimate underscore portraits. Um, on Instagram. Uh, right. Yeah. Wait. Do we have one? We don't have one for this week, do we? Uh, an assignment. Do you have? Yeah. Do you have one? Uh, I you know I do not. Uh, you got any ideas? Hmm. Oh God! It's very cold in most of America. It is very cold. Um, extreme weather. Um, I don't know. Man, you, you do hundreds of these things. Slick? No, nah, I don't like that. Um, <laughs> uh, expressive? Dark sky? Dark sky. Could be nighttime or storm. Yeah, how about that? All right, dark sky. Dark sky. Also, my favorite uh, weather app. Well, I, I was just looking at it. That's uh, Yeah, so. <laughs> Simultaneous. What is it up there right now with you? uh weather wise uh, yeah let's what's see. dark sky we're working 41 on, and rising on. oh it's yeah warmer today oh dark sky just crashed there we go 41 and rising huh yep uh although when i was at my mother's this weekend it was uh negative one degree when i woke up on sunday yeah there's nothing good negative about one degree. uh millie what is it what is it this time of year for for you millie up in, in fahrenheit uh, yeah, in Fahrenheit. Yeah, what Celsius is Celsius crap in Montreal? <laughs> we could, where she's at right, Montreal. Uh, yeah, we we could look this up though. You know, we do have. The I power. know, but then it, you know, I look. I love hearing from Millie. In fact, Millie, don't tell us how cold it is. Your your special assignment is yeah yeah. Show us how cold it is right now in in uh, in your town, please. Uh, yeah, it's very cold. You know, when we were up there in the fall. Heather and I were thinking, oh, it's very nice here, blah, 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 blah. Like, I could live in this city if I, you know, had had to choose a place. This this could be an option. But then you go, hmm, it's very cold here in the wintertime. And now right. you look and it's like negative 30 degrees. And you're like, yeah, screw that. <laughs> yeah, no, thank you. Um, let's see. So Photographer of the Week this week, uh, in, in keeping with our conversation about uh, daily projects, uh, Carl Baden, who famously shot a self-portrait of himself on the same backdrop with the same lighting for 30 years since 1987. That's amazing. Yeah. Right. And you know, what's really interesting. Uh, so he has a, he has a blog KB every That's, that's how old it is. Jeffrey. He's on Blogspot. <laughs> Yikes. Uh, I'm going to put in a, a link to a Boston globe article too, about, about it with his, first image and then a recent one on the right, right. Uh, right showing him 30 years older how good of a job he's done keeping a neutral expression and aligning the whole thing you know to like yeah have by and the large same place. Uh, it, you know what it reminds me of uh do you remember that that uh that godly and cream video for cry yeah 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 yeah, yeah that's yeah. what it reminds me of where they're blending all the different faces yeah 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 yeah, yeah. can you find me a link to that sure oh yeah yeah i got it i got it i got it yeah i found it uh, yeah, totally. And, and so there's a video of him where he basically puts it in day to day and you can like, do, 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 you know, it like it jumps through the images over time and including a t- uh, area of his life when he had cancer and he had to shave his head. You know what I mean? So it like went, uh, 
all over the place. What's really interesting, if you sit there and watch the two-minute version and you go, oh, yeah, he's getting a little older, he's getting a little older. And then once it's done, you jump from one minute and 48 seconds back to 10 seconds or whatever the heck it is at the beginning, 17 seconds, how much he aged. But it was just so slow and natural that you didn't notice it. You know what I mean? Right, like, right. It's it's like you know watching hair grow, right? It's, you don't notice it at the time because it's just going so slowly. Um, but um, he is a uh, professor at Boston College, so a uh, photography professor. He was 34 when he started, um, and uh, as of February of last year, he had done it 10,958 times. Wow! Once per day, every single day, except for one day, uh, Jeffrey. Uh, lives in lives in Cambridge. Went to BC. Apparently, one day he left without taking the taking the picture, and he's like, "Oh, I gotta do that when I get home," and forgot. <laughs> but he said that making mistakes is part of doing a project, so he was all right with it. D- did he use the same hardware for every shot? Yeah. So he same uh, camera, same film. Or yeah. Was so it, he was- he has uh, where is it? Uh, blah blah blah. Wasn't so flippant about it. Okay. Whole setup is portable. He he's used the same thirty five millimeter camera. He has two identical ones in case of malfunction, same light source, tripod, white roll up backdrop. The whole process uh, setup is portable. So he can take photos if he's traveling, it takes him about five minutes each time. If he's not on the road, 15 minutes, if he's away from home, uh, it doesn't get in the way of my life in any meaningful way. Baden said, it's like brushing my teeth. He's also kept the hairstyle the same and avoided tattoos or growing facial hair. When the first, uh, the, in the first picture Baden took, he was wearing a t-shirt, but he's been shirtless for the rest on purpose. It's what I look like. It's not about how I dress. And he doesn't smile. He says, I try to maintain a neutral expression as possible. Uh, I don't want any kind of artifice or emotion to get in the way of pure information. Uh, huh. So I, I, I think it's pretty interesting. So, yeah, he went through surgery for cancer. Uh, it's been in remission for a decade and a half. Uh, you, he says, I don't look well. And then I recover. And he has no plans to stop the project. I plan to do this until I'm no longer able. If I become incapacitated, I'll probably hire somebody to do that do it after 30 years of this i would want to make sure somebody there's somebody who can do it um and he actually says that when he was sick uh he basically he said before i went in for surgery he wrote out an elaborate list of instructions for a friend to take his picture if he wasn't able to do it for a few days uh, but it turned huh. out he's able to take the photos himself in the hospital so you know interesting commitment now this is the kind of thing where he's not doing this for money right right Sure, He's not sure. doing this for anything other than the fact that it's an interesting thing to do with the time that he has in his life. And occasionally he gets press, you know what I mean? Right. Um, well, and, and the other side of it is how would you monetize this? Right. Well, that's, that's the thing, right? This is, this is a really just interesting sort of pure art project. And I, I like the yes. fact that he says that it's, that there's uh, it's just pure. He's trying to make it pure information. You know what I mean? Um, so uh, bravo to Carl Baden. I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, if cool. I'm ever up in Boston, I think I'd look him up. That'd be kind of fun to go talk to him, maybe shoot him. Um, so yeah, there's the there's a photographer of the week. I'll put some links in the show notes. You guys all know where those are. Five by five TV slash OTP slash what are we two nine eight or on taking pictures dot com or they go uh, on taking pictures dot com or they're in your uh, podcast feed probably when you're uh, you know listening to the show. Right. Uh, which is always fun too. Um, got anything else? I think I'm good for now. I think, uh, what, where, where are we at? What are we at? We're like an hour and a half, I think. Yeah, I think we're fine. 
People are fine. Well, they're fine. Fine. They're fine. Are you fine? fine? I'm fine. I'm fine too. Fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. Uh, if you want to get a hold of us, 347-687-9411, you can leave us a voicemail. Podcast it on takingpictures.com to answer any of the questions we just asked you guys over the course of this one. Or uh, ask questions. Remember, we're going to try and do uh, Q&A shows at the end of each month. So send, us send questions. in some questions. And um, let's see. Uh, anything else? Oh, uh, at Bill Wadman at Jeffrey Sidoris. Uh, photography by the letter.com to buy Jeffrey's new book and thank you anything else mm, no nah. okay uh, we'll see you all next week have a good week yep. have a good week thank you for listening going on and on the way we are for so thing it's not paragliding it's remember it's you know what i'm talking about ultralight oh maybe an ultralight but ultralights are typically only how many people are you talking about ultralights are typically only one or two people yeah yeah yeah. two two people other than him or just no one person other than him yeah maybe it's an ultralight yeah okay stunning video of a man flying with birds yeah here it is here it is here it is uh here i'm gonna put it here for you under the b2 images link there and oh yeah i got it i got it Oh, this was uh, wasn't that movie based on this? The movie with uh, what's her name? She was in one of the one of the uh, X Men movies. Oh yeah, he's touching. Look at that guy touching the bird feathers. Isn't that nuts? That's crazy, <laughs> right? Bird's like bird's like get the f- off me. Yeah. <laughs>